Welcome back to Yinzer Thoughts with Ernie Kersey. Today, he gives us his take on the upcoming financial crisis. Okay, so who's going to be managing this banking debacle? Don't tell me they're putting John Fetterman on the case. That dude can't even balance his equilibrium, let alone a bank's bottom line. And what about that old lady with the bowl cut? The, the Secretary of the Treasurer, Janet Yellen. She already said a few weeks ago that the U.S. could default in its debt by early June of 2023. Well, then what in the hell is she doing buying a first-class plane ticket and flying over to Ukraine and giving him $10 billion? I mean, you could sell the Steelers two or three times to Ukraine and it still won't equal $10 billion. And where the hell are they even getting this kind of money? You can't exactly go down PN PNC or hit up a Mac machine. But I guess it's like Donnie Iris said, it ain't no use, we're headed for a disaster. This has been Yinzer Thoughts with Ernie Kersey. What's up? What's happening, everybody? And welcome back to another edition of Thinking Logically, where we think logically. You just heard some more Yinzer Thoughts from... Our guest, recurring guest, Ernie Kersey, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, Joe Corsi. Joe, what's going on? You tell me, man. I'm ready for March Madness. It seems like we're already in some form of madness the past week or so, but I'm ready. I am ready, too. I looked at the bracket last night a little bit, and I was like, man, this could go many, many different ways. It just looks like it's going to be a disaster in terms of bracket busting and things like that, upsets. So we got Pitt playing tonight in the first four against the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. Joe, who do you like in that matchup? I mean, I got I to gotta take Pitt just because I still am a Pitt fan, and you know my record of always from whenever they were a one seed to an eight seed that lost specific way back in like 2007. I've always taken Pitt to go at least to the final four, and they've never made it. So that tells you right there I've never won a bracket. And I think my 20, 25 years I've been doing it, I've never won one. So, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think I have either. Maybe maybe one. Um, I always do good the first think... two rounds. And then usually st- I'm, I'm shit. Yeah. Seems like the same people are up in the top five every every year. I don't know how, how they do it. But they do. Do you think we'll ever see Pitt in the Final Four or the Pirates ever win a World Series in our lifetime? Um, unless they do something with the salary pirates no because there's just there's no chance i mean there's no you could complete with teams like the yankees it's like a farm system the pirates have yeah uh, as far as pit i think i i mean i would honestly I would more likely to win a national championship before the pirates even making the world series it's a hot take yeah it's probably right yeah, yeah. all right well good luck to all of you guys out there filling out brackets over the next couple weeks it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Enjoy the ride. We want to welcome all of our new listeners. Uh, we have grown our audience. Um, bigly, as uh, President Trump used to say uh, in the last uh, couple weeks. We have a uh, shout out to anyone listening out there in Singapore, uh, which is unbelievable. I don't know how that happens, but uh, we welcome all of our listeners in Singapore, Texas, Ohio, uh, where else we got? Uh, Kansas City, hello to our listeners in Kansas City. Buffalo, New York City, Brooklyn, Columbus, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, uh, some other places here. North Kakalaki. North Kakalaki. Taylorsville, Hickory, and Kitty Hawk, North Kakalaki. Yeah, the Outer Banks. It's like a T.I. song when he goes off naming all the places. <laughs> in Wakefield, Massachusetts, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, please stand up. Thank you for listening. I'm not sure how you found us, but we're glad you did because we are here just keeping it real. Just two dads hosting a podcast. So um, let's get into it, Joe. You know what? We did our bonus episode last Friday, and I feel like since then we've heard one dominant news story, and that is the, uh, the bank run or bank failure of Silicon Valley Bank. But other than that, I really haven't heard too much about anything else going on. So I'm not sure if this is like some sort of smokescreen or if other stories are getting buried underneath Silicon Valley Bank. 
we'll get into all that. But let's talk about we, we actually I was just telling some people this morning. Three years ago today, Governor Wolf shut down the schools here in Pennsylvania. We were all sent home. That was the last time I was in our offices and uh, been home ever since. So three years ago today, we are looking at our remembering the pandemic. I guess this is kind of like what, Joe, the anniversary of when the world kind of came to a screeching halt, wouldn't you say? Well, mine did for more reasons than one. A lot of people remember the 13th, 14th as like that day. But if you remember, that was the day I got down. And I, I mean, I don't down on a knee too often. I do not bend the knee easily. But that was the day I actually got down on one knee and asked my wife to marry me. And then the next day, everything was shut down. So the world stopped when I did that. Wow. Um, well, looking back, March 14th was, yeah. So March 13th actually was that Friday. March 14th was the Saturday. I think shit what's happening you know so interesting well that's good you guys can have a good anniversary there of your engagement uh so let's look at our we're going to talk about our best moments of the pandemic and maybe some of our favorite memories of the pandemic joe what do you have for us here from the daily mail well yeah so this is what got me started because i forgot all about something is jessica now i never thought we'd be opening the show talking about the freaking oscars but uh Jessica, how do you say her last name? Chastin? Chastin. 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 Yes, of course. Of course. Chastin. Chastin. So she was praised by, it seemed like everyone on earth, social media, the media, everyone for wearing a mask while sitting indoors at the 2023 Oscars. And look, let's back up. Let's back up to like the 1940s and 50s, actually even later. Just a reminder, because Mark, you know I'm a history buff. In World War II, did you know that there were stories of Japanese soldiers lost in the jungles that up until I think the late 50s even believed the, st- the war was still going on for years, sometimes decades after it ended. And when confronted, they still refused to believe the war was over. I think one individual, in fact, had to have his commanding officer, who was retired at the time, come to the island and relieve him of his, his, his duty. That's kind of what Jessica whatever is chasing is and that's what a lot of these people that are still wearing the mask and everything and it just got me thinking like throwback all the 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 funny stories i mean for me mark it's the tiktok nurses dancing that'll forever be in my brain with the song i think blinded by the layer what is it uh the weekend song um the song by the weekend playing in the background every yeah. time the nurses just dancing with masks dun, on everything. Dun. That one. Yeah. Back back up for a second, Joe. Jessica Chastain, Jimmy Kimmel walks up to her, asks her a question, and she has this black cloth mask on. And then she goes and proceeds to remove the mask to answer the question. It's it's hilarious, isn't it? Only in Hollywood. And in the White House when Joe Biden would be wearing a mask outside to walk to the helicopter. But like when he would be around, like signing a bill, he'd cough into his hand, sign the bill, hand someone the pen, shake hands with them, shake kiss, hands, yeah, smell a woman's hair, get all close. But then, like I said, you see him the next day walking to the helicopter by himself with a mask on. Why does Jessica Chastain have to virtue signal that hard? In, hard flex. That is a hard virtue signal flex. You need to. You need. You know what? There's no way that she thinks that 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 is a straight up virtue signal. That is all that is. There's no way that she believes. She can't be that dumb to think that I'm going to wear this black cloth mask at the Academy Awards when literally no one else is wearing a mask just to prove a point. What are you, what are you trying to prove? She was trying to protect others, Mark, like the age-old the age old tell. You're not doing it for yourself. You're she doing was, it for grandma. He was trying to keep others safe. Yes. I still see people wearing masks driving around by themselves in a car. Still. That's got to be. I, I love the analogy of the Japanese soldiers lost in the jungles. There's no, there's no, there's no more perfect analogy because they're still fighting the good fight, but it's it's for nothing. Like it's it's over. It's been over. It's over. They're not even testing anymore. Like if you get sick two years ago, even maybe like a little over a year ago, if you got sick, people were 
there was a, remember the story I sent you a woman stuffed her child in Houston into the back seat of or the I think it was the trunk of a car to go get him tested. <laughs> I mean, look, Google the story. It's I think it was Houston. A woman stuffed her son in the in the trunk of a car because he she he already tested positive and she was taking him to a testing center to get tested again and so she could get tested as well. This oh is Oh my gosh. I mean, this is what we dealt with. Remember the mask while riding? Masks while riding. Yeah, because if people wear a mask while they were riding, Joe, that means they, they couldn't be um, like identified that yeah. it, it, as easily. Maybe that was why. But we, yeah. we, we said that in past episodes. It seems like every time there's an uptick and everyone starts masking up or mask mandates come, riots follow shortly after. Yeah. Tom Wolf, Tom Wolf, I got to remember, Tom Wolf literally shut down every business in like the South Side everywhere. You know, only essential people can go to work and, and stuff like that. Businesses couldn't remain open. You couldn't sit down and eat at a restaurant. And then like three or four weeks later, he's marching with the, the BLM and Antifa, whatever it is, protesters for the George Floyd riots. Hand in hand. Yeah. You go outside for that. Sure. What do you think was the was the was the craziest thing that they shut down or closed in Pennsylvania? Like what like what category? Because I have something in mind. Churches, Churches. okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. But liquor stores, liquor stores were fine for a while. Liquor store was my was was my was my thought. The liquor store closing the liquor stores in Pennsylvania because that was considered what an essential yeah business. But medical marijuana dispensaries were still open, Joe. I know it's it's crazy. The, the the churches thing will forever turn me off, and I understand people that were were afraid, and a lot of pastors, you know, followed suit. I, I hope they've learned since then. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Fear not is written like literally like three hundred and some times in the Bible. I, I hope, and I'm not a Bible thumper. You know me. Uh, I, I'm I'm definitely a big fan of Jesus, believing yeah. Jesus and everything. But I mean, at some points, you can't you can't be afraid. Shutting yeah. down. Shutting down churches, but you're allowed to go in the streets and yeah. hilarious. And my favorite, my favorite mask moment though was definitely um, making athletes wear masks in the state of Pennsylvania while competing in interscholastic sports. Basketball players wearing masks while running up and down the floor. Football players wearing masks in social distancing while on the sideline of games. But when you go into the locker room. You know, all bets are off. Yeah, just just silly nonsense stuff. Do they honestly like the game? Nope. Walk off the floor. That's amazing. I I remember after the game, both teams would like wave to each other, and then they would go in the locker room, and that would be it. You could black block on someone, or or stand up, line up next to someone on a football field where if it's cold, you can literally see their breath going into the other person's face mask. But God forbid if you try to, you know, shake hands after the game when you're probably wearing gloves! Yep. (sighs) How far we've come, Joe. How far we've come. But hey, if you're still out there wearing masks, more power to you. Keep wearing them. Keep breathing in uh, all those microplastics and all that just gross fungus that sits in your mask. From breathing it all day, and then hang that from your yeah. the rearview mirror, and then let it sun for a while, get all the bacteria going, and then place it back on to go in the target. We are back after that brief interruption, and we are going to move on from mask talk to Lord Fauci. Uh, this week, he was making the rounds uh, on media, so on some more. Oh, what's going on here? Honestly, I, us, I don't know. T- why tell this... us about Tony Fauci. So why he are we was still on... talking about Tony Fauci? Because he's making people are actually inviting him on to talk and hear what he has to say as if it means anything at all. He was on a, Jim Acosta's show. I think this was Monday, maybe yesterday. I'm not sure. Sunday, probably on Sunday. And uh he was asking why he's been so vilified on the right as, as if it's just the right. But I'll just play you the audio and, and you could let your blood boil over. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've been vilified on the far right. I know you know that. Um, and we've seen Elon Musk tweet that his pronouns 
Uh, he's the owner of Twitter. That his pronouns are prosecute uh, Fauci. Others in the GOP have talked about arresting you and prosecuting you um, for your handling of COVID. What's your response to that? Uh, your response to Musk, and, and what has that been like for your family? Well, I mean, there's no response to that craziness, Jim. I mean, prosecute me for what? What? Are, what are they talking about? <laughs> I mean, I wish I could figure out what the heck they were talking about. I think. They're just going off the deep end. That's the answer to your first question. It doesn't make any sense to say something like that, and it actually is irresponsible. Of course, it's going to have a difficult effect and a deleterious effect on my family. I mean, they don't like to have me getting death threats all the time. Every time somebody gets up and spouts some nonsense that's misinformation, I'm sorry, but I got to just cut in and remind people, like, for, for one, this comes to my memory, Tucker Carlson had people literally show up at his house and got death threats because of the left. Um, you have N Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all their quotes. And then what happened, like, a few months later, back in, I think it was 2017, you had Steve Scalise get shot. Someone shot up a congressional baseball game. But people forget about that. So all we're asking from Dr. Fauci is, is to come in for questioning. I'll, I'll continue with the video, but I just had to get that off my chest disinformation and outright lies, somebody somewhere decides they want to do harm to me and or my family. So that's the part about it. Nobody wants to do harm to him or his family. They, they just want to know why he lied under oath about gain of function. Mark, my pronouns are prosecuted. Thank you for Jim Acosta for clarifying that Elon Musk is the owner of Twitter. First of all, I used to love Fauci. And I, I can't believe that I was such a big fan of his early on in the pandemic. But when did you lose your love you know, for Fauci? Do you remember? Do you remember a day? Um, I'm not sure when it actually happened. Um, probably around the same time that I came around on Trump. Uh, probably like it was like sometime like mid 2020, mid pandemic, when I saw how ruthless and brutal the media was toward Trump. I thought this isn't right. So I think that was kind of when I turned on Fauci. But what about the baseball throw? That's that's when I think a lot of people turned on him. They saw how terrible he was at throwing a baseball without with double mask, and then he's then he's in the stands drinking water, smiling without with his mask on his yeah. chin. Yeah, without a mask. We got I more Fauci clips. I can't so stand can, the guy. We got more Fauci clips. So get buckle up, Mark, because this one's almost two minutes long, and this is when he's talking about the lag, the lab, the lab leak here. So here we go. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been wondering this. Do we have any idea how that would even work? Um, have you heard any accounts as to how that might have happened? Is there yeah. speculation well, there, in the yeah. scientific community as to how that happened? Yeah, the, 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 there's a good that, that's a very good question, Jim. So one of the things that people maybe don't fully appreciate that all of the intelligence agencies agree unanimously that this was not engineered. Namely, they didn't deliberately do this to make a bioweapon. Everybody agrees with that. No matter what your prior thoughts were, everybody agrees with that. A lab leak could be that someone was out in the wild, maybe looking for different types of viruses and bats, got infected, went into a lab. Real quick, who does that, number one? Let's just continue on with the video and was being studied in the lab, and then he came out of the lab. But if that's the <laughs> definition of a lab leak, Jim, then that still is a natural occurrence. The other possibility is someone takes a virus from the environment that doesn't actually spread very well in humans and manipulates it a bit, and accidentally it escapes or accidentally infects someone, and then you get an outbreak. Manipulated a, a bit. Do you remember Robert Redfield? His testimony, adding the human receptor, Mark, is how they, quote unquote, manipulated it a bit by adding a human receptor. Let's just finish out the video. There's like 20 sec 30 seconds left. Those are the possibilities when you're talking about lab leaks. But are, are there any accounts of that occurring where one might say, OK, well, there, there we go. Perhaps this is it. This is what happened. No. That you're aware of. In fact, there are no lab leaks that have led to pandemics. So there have been accidents in a lab that happens intermittently. We've had experiences with that in modern times recently. 
but there have never been a situation where a virus escaped from a lab that's a brand new virus that no one has ever seen before that led to a pandemic. That has not happened. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. Well, let me, let me post, uh, let me read you this post that I found from uh, uh, Sagar and Jetty, co-host of um, Breaking Points with Crystal Ball, that he put on um, his Instagram. This was today. Supermajority of Americans not buying mainstream media bullshit. All right. What's that mean? What's that mean? What could he mean by that? Well, this person, Alina Chan uh, from uh, The Economist and YouGov poll, 66% of Americans surveyed lean toward lab leak origin of COVID. That's 54% of Democrats lean lab leak. 62% of independents lean lab leak. 86% of Republicans, Joe, lean lab leak. Not buying the bullshit anymore. What do you Good. think about that? It's about time. It's about time. And they use these fancy words like lab leak and stuff like that. Let's be honest. We, we need to get an answer if this was not just released from a lab, but if it was engineered. And it sounds like when you add the hearing that we or the, what we heard in the hearing on whatever day it was uh, last week, that they added a human receptor to it. And it actually couldn't even infect bats. That takes like three, four hundred thousand years, they said, for it to evolve like that. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it raises more and more questions. And, and now I'm suspicious that everyone is trying to all of a sudden blame China in a lab. But that, we'll get to that later. But it, it, I'm glad people are finally waking up a little bit. But we got a long ways to go. So we're going to be like them Japanese soldiers, me and you, I guess, and other people fighting. But at least we're fighting for a good cause. We're fighting for truth. <laughs> Amazing. Eh. Well, people are starting to wake up, Joe. So that's the good news, it seems like. People are starting to wake up a little bit. People, the people just can't be that dumb. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know they can, but yeah, they can't at the same time. So I, I just can't believe Fauci's still making rounds on media appearances. Well, is that CNN? Jim Acosta, that, it has to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, Jim Acosta, who ripped a microphone away from a woman when Trump was president to ask one question that was even a dumb question. Everyone forgets that. Yeah. Women's right, history, what do you have? Month, though. I don't forget. <laughs> you save receipts more than anybody. Yeah. You are you are the receipt saver, actually. I just have these weird memories in my brain that I'll just I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I don't know. Jack Basobic says he saves receipts. He has nothing on you. Yeah, he, he, right. he, he might. He, he, he might. Jack Basobic is very, very underrated. Give him a follow um, on Twitter. <laughs> All right, what yeah. else do you have? All right, I just I, I pulled this up. I think maybe like this is from March 10th, President uh, Biden's Twitter. When I took office, 18 million people had to rely on unemployment benefits. Today, that number is less than 2 million. Okay, Joe, why were they depending on unemployment benefits? It's because their jobs were artificially shut down for the virus. I mean, do people forget this? Like, it's an artificial way of reducing unemployment. When you had 18 million people on unemployment because they weren't allowed to work and they had to shut down their business, and then you say, okay, everyone can go back to work now, and it's 2 million, how do you take credit for that? Right. Oh, my. I don't know. Well, he lies. He lies more than anyone. So I, I, I don't know if he lies or he's confused. It's got to be a little bit of both, man. It, it, I, I don't know. I, and when they pump him up with enough Adderall, I think he actually is willingly lying. And then when he when he comes down, I think he just that's when he's a bumbling idiot. So do you think they give him Adderall? Hundred something, Ritalin, something, guaranteed. I wouldn't be shocked actually if Adderall was used on presidents for like long days where there are lots of speaking engagements and, and busy days. Do you have? Do you have, speaking of long days and busy days, do you have the Jen Psaki quote, Joe? Can you pull that up from MSNBC where she said the president doesn't do anything at nine, nine o'clock in the morning? Oh, I, I heard her say that, but I don't have, I'm afraid if I go try to pull up my phone, I'll lose the audio again. So. Yeah, okay. We'll bring that to you maybe on our bonus episode Friday if we can. But basically what, what Jen Psaki was talking about, she, this was, she didn't mean to come out and say it like this, but she said the president does nothing at nine o'clock in the morning. And then she went on to say something else. 
Yeah. But I don't think she was that, making the point she thought she was making there. Yeah. At all. By saying that, she basically said that, yeah, he doesn't do anything at nine o'clock in the morning. So he goes to bed early and wakes up late. The life of a, what, 80, 80, 82-year-old president. It's insane. And he's running it. He's going to run. Yeah. Huh. All right. What else we got? We're gonna. I think. I think we're gonna finally delve into conspiracy land a little bit to try to find the origins of uh, COVID. So, uh, part of the backstory here, um, I had a lengthy conversation with a man named George Hobbs. Actually, he has his own podcast. I believe it's called The Fact Hunter. If you want to check that out, but I had a lengthy phone conversation with him about a lot of things. One of them was COVID and the orange origins of COVID, and he told me to look into Fort Detrick in maryland and through my journeys of of the last week looking into this i found a lot of things um number one it seemed fort dietrich in maryland had a giant the, the surrounding area i should say had a giant flu outbreak in the middle of summer and that caught my attention so i started googling it you know and, and trying to find as much there's an article from i forget where this is from it's a popular paper Deadly germ research is shut down at Army Lab over safety concerns. Problems with disposal of dangerous materials led to the government to suspend research at this military's leading biodefense center. This is the, New York, the New York Times, actually, the paper. And it's from August 5th of 2019. Um, safety concerns at a prominent military germ lab have led the government to shut down research involving dangerous microbes, like the Ebola virus. Research is currently on hold. The United States Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases in Fort Detrick, uh, Maryland, said in a statement on Friday, the shutdown is likely to last months. Um, Carrie Vander Linden, a spokeswoman, said in an interview. Um, that made me scratch my head because the real reason was, and this is later on in the article, um, they didn't have sufficient systems in place to decontaminate wastewater and other things in the nation's high, one of the nation's highest security labs. And then, Mark, I just went down some freaking rabbit holes from there. So you had a respiratory outbreak that was investigated in July 11th of 2019 at a retirement community home. 54 residents fell ill Two died and 18 had to be hospitalized for extended periods. And they all had the classic signs of COVID. A lot of them were put on ventilators, fever, cough, some had body aches. Um, I think one, one had a collapsed lung, which is, which is weird. Um, and, and we can go on and on and on to this. This is from ABC news. And like I said, it's from July 11th of 2019. So, was this a COVID outbreak? Was this the COVID outbreak? And then, and some of you might remember, um, remember the dank, the dank vape pen cartridges or whatever that were, um, that were causing all them respiratory illnesses around like young people? Oh, yeah. The, the dank vapes. It was supposed to be vitamin E acetate or something like that that was causing that? Yeah, yeah, that, supposedly. But when you look into their symptoms and everything, it mimics COVID. And you have people from the age of like 18 to 75 getting sick. I think a lot of them had to be put on ventilators. Let me see here. Um, let's see. Pulmonary injury is how a lot of them were, were classified. And it, it went on till the 18th of February, 2020. A total of 2,807 hospitalizations, all lung, most lung illnesses. Uh, people had to be put on ventilators. One suffered double collapsed lungs. This, this is just something we're going to have to, I'm going to have to dig deeper into this one. Honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this. It, it makes a lot of sense, but this goes all the way back until July of 2019. And I don't know if you remember, I, I never get sick like ever. Like I remember like the last like three times I've been sick, even when I tested positive for COVID in I think it was December of 2021. I, I think I just tested positive. I was never sick. My wife had a headache, but I wasn't sick at all. I was fine. And I was recovering from a torn Achilles and I was fine. I got really, really sick in early August. I think it was um, early August of 2019. And I was at a commission for a full day or two. I almost missed our friend's bachelor party in Denver over it. 
And I was out of commission for a full two days. The third day, I, you know, I felt a lot better. By the fourth day, I was fine again, you know, back to the gym and everything. But could that have been COVID? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I remember hearing lots of people t- talk about the same stuff. Like, oh, I was sick and, you know, no one knew what it was. And it was like before, this is before COVID, COVID came out and anyone knew what that was. So, yeah, it could have been. I mean, we're, we're, no way to tell now, but yeah, it makes you, it makes you think for sure. And then I actually, I don't know if I mentioned this in this podcast before, but I had back surgery in January of 2020, major back surgery, had my spine fused, they went through my stomach and my back. And actually I was scheduled to have it done, I believe on December 4th or 5th, 6th, 7th, something like that. And I went to the hospital or went to the, the, the hospital. Yeah. Got all prepped for surgery. They had my IV and everything. And they came in and they said, oh, by the way, you're not getting surgery today. Your doctor's extremely sick. Thought nothing of it. Went home, rescheduled it. When I saw him the next time, uh, he told me that was the sickest he'd ever been. He was out of commission for like a week, he said. So it's just something doesn't add up here. And if you put it at Fort Detrick, it makes sense because they had them World Military Games in, uh, where was it, China? I think it was actually Wuhan. So I looked into it. They flew out of Seattle, had the military games, came back into Seattle, I believe. And that's when everyone in the Seattle area started getting sick. But this was after the outbreak of in July, where they had, think about it, 2,800 flu cases in the summer in July? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, you raised some good points. You raised good points, Joe. So, we, like I said, Looking- it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't prove anything. But I want answers. Bring it yeah, up I to mean, Dr. Fauci, see what he says. Looking back, like you said, who knows? Could have been. Maybe not. I mean, we just, we honestly don't know, but you do bring up some good points. Maybe this was here a lot sooner than what we were led on to believe. All right. uh, To the number one story in the United States, Silicon Valley Bank fallout. Um, Saw this happen Thursday, Joe, was it? I know we recorded Friday and this was just starting. It started on Thursday. It started. Yeah. The, the beginning baby steps were Thursday, yes. Thursday into Friday when we recorded our, our bonus episode last week. Uh, this happened all through the weekend. Uh, we were told that, you know, Monday was going to be a bad day for the stock market. Uh, there was going to be another uh, run on banks. Joe, how would you describe a bank run for people that don't know what a bank run means? Okay, so you give the bank a $100 bill. It used to be back in the day, you'd be, you would get the serial number, you would get the same $100 bill back. But now the bank can uh, take your money and invest it in stuff. So when you go there to collect your money, yeah, they have your money. But what happens when, you know, half the bank goes, half the, half the uh, people go to get their money? Right. They, bank- everybody, a large number of customers are withdrawing money from the bank. And That's all it takes is for one bank to fail. And then everyone else gets nervous because... Some people, actually everyone, works very hard for their money. And that's, their, that's the source for everything, you know? So picture panic buying during the pandemic or other times we've seen panic buying going on. Well, this is like panic withdrawing from, from banks. And the banks can't fulfill your withdrawal. So uh, we were talking, Joe, yesterday. And this is, you know, I'm not a finance guy by any means. A lot of this stuff's over my head. But I got an email this morning from, uh, I use the Acorns app, weekly contribution, kind of like our little vacation fund that we put onto the side to kind of invest the money and whatever. So Acorn sends an email uh, and kind of broke it down into easier to digest and for someone who doesn't know anything about this to understand. So it started back in 2021. Uh, when interest rates were near 0% and Silicon Valley Bank invested $90 billion of their customers' deposits in bonds. Okay, everyone good there? So they take $90 billion of customers' deposits and they invest it in bonds. Interest rates are near 0%. In 2022, the Federal Reserve started hiking interest rates to tackle inflation, hitting 4% by the end of the year. Remember, bond prices tend to move in the opposite direction of interest rates. So if interest rates go up, bond rates go down, right? Interest rates go down, bond rates go up. So as interest rates increase, the value of the bonds that Silicon Valley Bank owned declined, all right? 
Last Wednesday, Silicon Valley Bank announced they had lost money on those bonds and that they needed to raise money to be able to backstop customer deposits. Worried about the bank's health, more and more customers began to withdraw their deposits. Again, panic withdrawing, a bank run, starting what is called, as I just said, a bank run. By Thursday, the bank had almost $42 billion in withdrawal requests, more than it could meet. To stem the concerns about widespread losses, the FDIC stepped in and took control of Silicon Valley Bank. All right. Um, so, Joe, what do you have on this? Well, you know, a lot of people, I'll give you a few points to at least be excited about. So, this is coming from Jack Posobiec on Twitter, and he's now no bailouts, Poso, on Twitter. And he tweets, 1,500 climate chain tech, climate chain tech companies were banking with SVB. Yes! So that's a good thing. Let them go bankrupt, right? Let them go bankrupt. Good. They were the kind of people that are the reason why we have an energy crisis, half the reason we have an energy crisis in this country. And that's just one thing. Next, let's see if this is the... Yes. Um, this is another one from Jack Posobiec. And he is quoting Christina Kui. The SVB collapse has been devastating in more ways than one. They supported women, minorities, and the LGBTQ community more than any other big bank. This includes not just diverse events, but actual funding. SVB helped us move one step forward. Without them, we have to move two steps back. Yes! In the words of Mark Albert, yes! Two steps back, yes! I mean, I'm not against, I'm not against like, I'm not against women. I'm not against minorities. I'm not really that against the LGB, LGB part. Okay. Actually not, not at all against the LGB part, but they shove this shit down your throat. So excuse me for celebrating whenever they don't have the money to do that anymore. Am I, yeah. am I wrong? No, I think, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I think that's, I think that's not going off topic, but I think. That's why a lot of people are just tired of it. No one's really against the that that part of our culture, but it's just like, all right, we don't need it shoved down our throats 24-7, 365. No one cares. That's your business. If you want to do that or, and you want to lead that lifestyle, you want to have a sex change or be a transgender person or live that lifestyle, go ahead. Go right ahead. Just don't shove it down our throats and be in our face about it 24-7. No one cares. What they want their privacy. Privacy. <laughs> um, but we shouldn't celebrate yet because according to, and this is from his Twitter, Ryan Mao, M-A-U-E, with the implosion of, of SVB, the planet could literally be at stake. He repeats, 1,500 companies in climate tech were ventured back at that bank. Well, okay, we're going to do this again with the climate stuff as if them losing their funding all of a sudden cause the planet to overheat and turn into a Venus, the next Venus. I think that's how it works, right? Um, do you want to, are we going to talk about Signature Bank too, also failing? Um, I don't have Signature Bank was in New York. Was that the one that was based in New York City? They failed too. And there was another one that, that I think is on like the, the cusp. Um, geez, I don't know the name of it now. <sighs> well, well, while you're thinking of that, Silicon Valley Bank failing was the largest bank failure since Washington Mutual went under in 2008. And Signature Bank from New York had $110 billion in assets. Signature Bank is the third largest bank failure in U.S. history. So we got the number two and three seats. Correct. Number two and three seats have been eliminated in the first round of March Madness. Yeah, in the, in the East and West regionals. Oh, my. That's, that's, that's wow, really good, Mark. Wow. Yeah. Funny. Um, um, go ahead. I want, I want to talk about the FDIC and the SPIC when you're done. Uh, let me just get to DC Drano. So this, this is something that – this is why they shouldn't get bailed out. Um, and I'm sure you're going to cover this, Mark. Like, legally, your two, first $250,000 should be covered in short. But anything after that, like – the taxpayers or someone else is going to have to foot the bill for that. But DC Drano tweets that the big tech companies that censored conservatives in 2020 just got their payday from the big guy. 
because they're going to get bailed out now. They're going to get bailed out, and it's going to be taxpayer dollars. So if we're going to have to pay to bail out the people that have been shutting us down on Twitter and everything for saying stuff like the vaccines might not work, vaccines don't work, all this stuff about COVID, anything, anything, name it, name it. Yeah, that's where we are. So did they get a bailout or not? Um, well, let me just finish this real quick and then you can take the floor. So Because they said they weren't going to bail them out. Joe Biden went on, um, I think it was like nine in the morning yesterday when the Jen, the Jen Psaki um, thing. But he said, uh, Biden said that bank deposits will be protected. But you have to remember, we don't know anything for sure because Joe Biden's guarantees are worthless. Remember when he guaranteed um, Afghanistan wouldn't be overrun by the Taliban or when he guaranteed us that this inflation was transitory. And then and you got to watch the video. Honestly, it doesn't do it justice, but at the end, it's like a five minute speech he gives. Cause that's probably all he had at time, had the energy for at nine in the morning. But then he shuffles away with his supposed spinal stenosis. And there's like no one there to even help him with the door. Why the hell isn't someone helping him open the door? And then where's he at today, Mark? Where's he at today? He's in California talking about gun violence or some bullshit. When is Amtrak Joe going to go to East Palestine? Is he afraid? And when are they going to get any money? They get nothing. But go on. You could talk about the FDIC, LGB, whatever. Well, you know, <laughs> a lot of people that were impacted by Silicon Valley Bank failing are, when I say a lot, like 98% of the people or the people of the companies that were dealing, doing business with Silicon Valley Bank as you can imagine, by just the name Silicon Valley Bank, the tech industry in Silicon Valley, all donated to Democrats, right? Mm-hmm. This, these are these are like core donors to the Democratic Party, and they are just affected by this by this bank failing. So, what do you think this administration is going to do? Yeah, they're going to go do everything they can to protect these companies. Right. Um, and whether you want to draw conclusions there or not, whether you say that that's po- political or not is up to you. Right. We're just draw- We're just making the connection here. But so how is there how is their money protected? Again, this is from the same email uh, from Acorns here. So investments are protected up to five hundred thousand dollars by the SIPC, uh, Securities Investor Protection Corporation. Uh, so this was created to protect investors from the rare Worst case scenario of an investment company going under. So like a safety net for your money, like just like homeowners or renters insurance, this kind of insurance is there in the unlikely event, a disaster that's out of your control. So if you have investments in an account with a member company of SIPC like Acorns, and that investment company has financial difficulties, SIPC will restore your funds up to $500,000, right? Um, You know, that doesn't protect investments from the up and downs of the stock market just in the event of something were to happen like this. So what about your money? Right? What about your money? The FDIC comes in. This is where they come into play and they protect your deposits, not investments, your deposits and bank accounts up to $250,000. When you put money in a bank account, you, you're considered a depositor for the bank. If the bank is FDIC insured, like um, several banks are, most banks are, you automatically get up to $250,000 in insurance protection. That means is if the bank fails, the FDIC will reimburse you for up to $250,000 of losses. Since the FDIC's creation in 1933, sounds like a monumental year in U.S. history, every insured depositor has gotten their money back up to the $250,000 limit after a bank failure. So, um, and if you have more than that insured amount, you're not necessarily out of luck. Uh, and this is when this would have been yesterday. The Treasury Department and Federal Reserve announced that all cash balances in Silicon Valley Bank were protected, even those above the FDIC limit. So I think that's where this bailout comes into play, Joe, where they're saying that, yeah, even if you have more than that, we're still going to insure your money. Where are they getting the money from, though? (laughs) That's a great question. That's a great question. Because it's really good because it's confusing because the Federal Reserve, for those of you that are just waking up now and maybe still a sheep, the Federal Reserve isn't part of the federal government. It's not federal at all. So they they need to print the money and sell it to us, apparently, at, with an interest attached. So 
even if okay, even if like they would cover all these people at two hundred fifty thousand, what if another bank fails? Fails? What if what if two or three more fail? At what point right. does that money run out? Inflation is going to go out of control. Write this down. Right, write it down. Inflation is going to go out of control in the next like four months, maybe sooner. Okay. Well, um, that's an interesting point. So this leads me to my next uh, thing I was going to mention here. So we have what's called uh, inflation going on right now. And it's some of the worst we've seen since the early 1980s. And it's apparently, and I'll use air quotes, slowed to 6%, I think, in January or February. And the Fed was going to continue raising interest rates throughout the year to combat inflation. Quarter percent, half percent. And so on. I mean, those rate hikes were expected through 2023 to bring inflation under control. So uh, where do we go from here? Even though all Silicon Valley banks depositors will be protected, the bank's downfall could cause some longer lasting ripples for the Fed in the economy. So it's unlikely the Fed will raise interest rates for the foreseeable future. The economy may enter a slowdown as a result of the Silicon Valley bank's collapse. The silver lining a slower economy could help with inflation. So um, that is kind of where we're at right now. These are just, you know, it's obviously all a lot of speculation and hypothesis and kind of thinking of where we're going to be headed with this, but uh, this is not over by any means. And I think we are going to see uh, some choppy roads ahead. What do you think? Um, I agree. You forgot to mention that they are starting. I think they started this morning or last night. They're starting to blame Trump for whatever he did, laxing the regulations during his term, just like they did with the Norfolk Southern stuff. You know, they try to blame mm-hmm. him for that, even though it was proven that that had nothing to do with what happened in East Palestine. But don't let them, because even though that's correct, yes, Trump did lax the regulations or whatever. They, they had full control of the Senate, the House, and the presidency to fix this for two years. And no one makes that argument. I'm glad you brought that up, because I was listening to Dan... And he said a quote from uh, Martha Raddatz. Which channel is Martha Raddatz on? Is that PBS or is it CNN? I'm not sure exactly what channel Martha Raddatz is on. Uh, ABC News. Yes. And she was interviewing Democratic Senator uh, Mark Warner from Virginia. And she brought up the fact that this was Donald Trump's fault. They did this on Trump's administration. They rolled back these regulations. And Mark Warner was like, kind of even pushed back against that. He's a Democrat. He's like, well, you know, I I was part of that signing, too. This had nothing to do with what we did back in 2018. He said this was basically Silicon Valley not operating like a normal bank should operate. You know, other banks aren't failing. So why Silicon Valley Bank failing? You know, so um, that's on the Silicon Valley Bank leadership. That's why this bank one of the reasons why this bank failed. And that's amazing. all I got. That's so, amazing. And, and, and Dan Bongino went on to say, brought up my point that I've been making on this podcast. That is why half the people in this country will continue to believe these things. Because they hear this. How can you, how can you, how can you just, get the other half the people to see what you're seeing when you have the media in your back pocket and continually running cover for you. It's just a never ending cycle. And I, and I just don't see how this ends anytime soon with that aspect. So I don't know. What do you think, Joe? I, I got to agree. I, I have to, what, what else, what else, what else can we say? You have a democratic Senator pushing back against Donald Trump. You know, again, this is their playbook, Joe. This is, this is the playbook. When in doubt, lie, lie, and lie some more. And then blame Donald Trump because they'll believe it. They'll believe the media, it. The media will cover it. The media will help you out, too. They'll help you out. They'll, they'll, give, you, they'll give you the – hey, come right on and talk about it, too. Yeah. We got your back. Sickening. Media does, has done a disservice to this country the last three, four years. Yeah. Actually, going back to Russiagate. But we'll leave it at that. Um, speaking of uh, 
Speaking of hypocrisy, let's let's move on to we're gonna get through January sixth some updates here real quick. We're not gonna we're not gonna harp on it long until we get new video. But this is Joe Biden in two thousand seven on David Letterman talking about when he was arrested for illegally entering the Senate chamber. What was that like, uh, walking into the great Senate chamber at 29 years old? You know, I walked in when I was 21, and I got arrested. I was a, it was a Saturday. I was down visiting some friends at Georgetown University. And uh, I came up on a Saturday morning because I was fascinated with the Senate. And then a Saturday session, I walked up those days, no guards stopping everywhere. And, I, and they just got out of session. I walked in the back. All of a sudden, I found myself in the chamber, and I was stunned. I walked up, sat down in the presiding officer's seat. Guy grabbed me by the shoulder, said, you're under arrest. I mean, you don't even know if that's true or not, but it's just, it's, it's almost hilarious because, okay, I'm not, I'm not condoning the rioting or whatever you want to call it that broken windows that we don't even know. Some of the people weren't arrested yet that, that broke windows outside the, uh, on January 6th. But let's never forget the whole reason that people even showed up there. It was to wa- see the process of them, um, presenting evidence finally for what happened in the election. And I think it was just whenever Arizona was uh, going over there, uh, who would have been the, who would have been the house member that stood up from Arizona. And then all of a sudden it was melee and they evacuated everyone out. We never got to hear anything about the election or what happened with the votes. And at three o'clock in the morning, they came back and they certified it in the middle of the night. And like I said, and since then, Mark, these people have were, have been treated. These people that were some of them just inside walking around with police escorts have been treated terribly. We're, you could argue it's the worst protesters since the civil rights era. I mean, look at it this way: it doesn't all doesn't make sense. If there weren't enough Capitol Police or National Guard there to control the crowd, who controls the crowd? It, it seems like the crowd depended on themselves to control themselves. I mean, they, they could have a police officer in there, but no one died that day. That was a Capitol Police officer. We debunked Officer Sicknick. He's seen running around in there whenever he's already pronounced dead by the media, which is strange by itself. If they really went there to inflict damage or overthrow the government, why didn't that happen? Why weren't Capitol Police officers literally broken in half that day? It, doesn't, it all doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. We need more video. We need lots of more. Lots and lots of more video. What do you think? Uh, or do you think we're going to get more video from Tucker Carlson? Eventually, but like I said, there's there's, there's forty some thousand hours. It's like five years worth of footage, and who knows? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Rupert Murdoch or Murdoch or uh, Paul Ryan might have some say over that. Eventually, what gets shut down? You already had Chuck Schumer, which is strange in itself. A senator, a sitting senator, calling for a journalist to be shut down. But also, I, I want to also this this goes back to the Silicon Valley Bank thing. Do you know? And I forget which House of Representative member or senator actually inquired about shutting people down on Twitter from talking about it to avoid a bank run. But that's just you know we're getting off topic here. That's just. What do you think point. of Elon Musk's tweeting out free Jacob Chansley? Look, I mean, there's so many ways to look at it. I mean, you could even make the argument: was Jacob Chansley actually a Fed that was like a patsy that that took the fall? Maybe, I don't know, but you got to agree what he did that, that's on video. It doesn't look like he's really, you know, deserves four or five years in jail. And you, you parlay that with the fact that his defense wasn't allowed any of those videos. And it's just, we, it's just an abomination when we're supposed to be the United States of America. Like that, don't forget, a lot of these people were held in prison, Joe, without having a, any sort of trial. They were just held in prison. Yeah. And, and some of them are still in prison. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's they crazy. were sent to jail without having a, any sort of hearing, you know, while they were awaiting trial. What is that? Honestly, Mark, I am close to, like, this is what the revolution was fought over. Another point, I am, cl- I am this close to dressing up like an Indian and starting to dump tea in the Beaver River. Okay? I'm this close. You all should be. I'm very close. Oh, man. Uh, all right. What else we got? From Russia with love to Iran? Oh, yeah. This is from CNN Politics. Um, 
So Russia has been sending some U.S.-provided weapons captured in Ukraine to Iran, sources say. I, I don't even want to get into it, but this, this is not good. I mean, especially if you're, um, I, I just, I, I don't know. Now, now we're helping, not only do we arm the Taliban, but we sent all them billions to Ukraine, which Ukraine invested in uh, Sam Bankman Freed's Ponzi scheme. And the weapons that we sent there, we don't even know where half of them were going. There, there's CNN articles about that. And now we find out that what Russia's capturing they're sending to Iran. So we're arming Iran too. How do we know these people from Ukraine? And I'm not, I'm not, not questioning, you know, the Ukraine soldiers bravery. I'm not doing that. But how do we know that some of these people just don't want to fight, aren't throwing their hands up immediately and getting captured and giving the weapons to them? I mean, this, this shit happened in wars prior, World War One, World War II. Is it that hard to believe that it's not happening in Ukraine and we're wasting this military equipment? And, and don't forget, I don't think we have any sort of accountability, do we? No, where where want, our things are going. This administration has no accountability. They, they don't care. They don't care. This is amazing. Russia has been capturing some of the U.S. and NATO provided weapons and sending it to Iran. Wow. Now they know how our weapons, our weapons work. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. Get it together. Get it together. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to start wrapping up here, Joe. We have Women's History Month. Yeah, we're just going to play this uh, from Donald Trump. Just a just a great, great, I think this is when he was in Iowa last night. Just a great quote for those of you um, that are big fans of Women's History Month. Here we go. One thing, if I was a basketball coach, I'd be the greatest coach in history. I'd have a woman's team. I'd have all men. I'd have, I'm not a fan of LeBron James. I don't like LeBron. But I'd say, hey, LeBron, you ever think of becoming a woman? Because you're going to be on my team. We're going to have, we're going to go undefeated for the next five years, LeBron. Not a fan, but you know, I would ask him that question. No, nah, he got he makes a good point. <laughs> all right, that's all that's all I have. I have a little closeout segment. If you want to do this closeout, I know you're you're time crunched here yourself. So all right. Um, so do you want to finish up? We'll do a disc close maybe Friday on our bonus episode if we can get to that. Uh, and you just want to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, we can wrap it up. There might not be a bonus episode. Like I said, I could be drunk, and, and, and Lord knows. Lord knows what I'll do or what you guys will get for the rest of the week. But I don't drink often anymore. But I'm sorry I got to take a little break and watch some basketball here, something else to occupy my mind. But uh, some things we might see going forward here um, in the next few weeks or a month or two. Um, look, you're going to see certain people, in my opinion, in the media and certain politicians, on the right especially, being – um, what I like to call activated. Uh, you ever notice some of these people just disappoint you and take the side of the media or big pharma or even the January 6th committee and makes you scratch your head and say, why are they saying that? The most recent one for me was Senator, I think he's Senator Joe Kennedy and what he said about Tucker Carlson in the quote unquote insurrection. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's a few other ones too, just, Watch for people that suddenly turn, and, and it doesn't make sense. They don't stand for all the sudden conservative values and stuff like that, or for what you see directly on film that contradicts the media narrative. Another thing, and this is a big one, expect Trump to probably be indicted. For what? Well, I'm not so sure, but I'm sure they will find something because they, they need a distraction now, for sure. They need something to rally the, the, rally the troops, rally something because it ain't going their way, and it's bad. I agree, I agree. I, yeah, they, they need some. Uh, they need a rallying cry as they head into uh, you know the rest of the year and then into twenty twenty four. So uh, that will be here before you know it, Joe. But yeah, I think uh, I probably agree with you that that indictment will be coming sometime like summer. You know, so. Just in time for the primaries. Yes, and then a couple other things. Just Russia and Ukraine. I, I feel like Russia is grinding them down. I think that that battle of Kabul or whatever it was isn't really going Ukraine's way. You know, but the, uh, the the war in Ukraine something to watch. And more importantly, Taiwan. That's going to be something to, to watch over the next. I, I I think we could hold off on that. Hopefully, maybe until August or September. I don't see China making a move on Taiwan yet. 
but it's been something that's been a reality for a possibility, I should say, for for a long time. Um, and we've given signals that, you know, with what you saw with our, we bombed an ally for God's sakes. And we pretty much didn't do anything, lift a finger in Afghanistan. So yeah. what is that? What kind of message does that send to the CCP? I say the CCP because it's not the Chinese people. It's the CCP. Yeah. But. Well, that's our show today, guys. We hope you uh, enjoyed Thinking Logically as we hit into March Madness. Uh, be a force multiplier. Find a traditional Latin mass out there. And Joe, take us out. All righty, guys.